0: film related content if you're into gripping and you have questions and stuff like that i'm not amazing but i'm honest and i've picked up a lot of knowledge and i'm going to continue picking up knowledge so regardless if you're listening to this on december 17 2020 or if you're listening to this december 2025 give me a call it me be up on those social medias they're not going to change um so you can tap in with me and I can maybe help you out or give you some pointers or some ideas. If you want some critiques, if you want some motivation, if you, I want you all to let me know what you're doing and I will motivate you and support you as long as I see the work that you're putting in. So just make that shit happen. And it's not to
1: never, always. Before you dive into the episode, man, I just want to publicly give another shout out and thank you to Dylan for being able to come on to the podcast and just being so unselfish with his knowledge and information man Uh, because you know around here uh, you know i always say you know we dropping gems, pick them up man but uh dylan he came on the show man he didn't drop gems, man he uh he spilt the whole bag man so you know um if you're interested in the film industry whether you want to get into it know more about it or you know just different stuff like that stay tuned and thank you for listening also, there is a video version of this episode on my YouTube channel. So if you prefer to watch the Zoom call, um, that is an option for you. Three ways you can find it. I will leave a direct link to the video in the um, podcast show notes down below. Um, you can go directly to the YouTube page. Uh, the link is YouTube.com forward slash dylanjr 98 or you can search Dylan Dilworth on YouTube D Y L A N space D I L W O R T H without further ado here goes the episode What's popping everybody man and welcome to another episode of Real Deal man real as in film real and deal as in Dylan that's R W E L D Y L and for those of y'all that's new to the show this is a podcast about all things film television filmmaking and photo related. And uh, normally this is a solo podcast, but today we have our first ever guest on here on The Real Deal. So my guest today, man, he is a friend of mine. He's a fellow classmate, fellow collaborator. I'm not trying to Bro. I'm not trying to throw any label or title on him. I'll let him do that. But uh, man, I'm trying to be like him when he grow up because <laughs> he manifested his dreams out here, man. Ladies and gentlemen, Dylan Groves.
0: Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. You know what's going on. It's Dylan Groves out here. Met Dylan up at, uh, it's funny, two Dylans, first fucking guest on here, but <laughs> met him up at like uh, UMKC. We had a class together and we kind of just connected since then. We've worked on a couple film shoots. Me personally, I'm a film uh, pursuing the gripping, the gaffing, and electrical side of things. So, it's really cool to be able to link up with other film people and talk about what's going on. I do everything in the film world, music world, entertainment. That's just my avenue. That's my career, and I'm trying to pursue it, you know?
1: Yeah, but yeah, no, because it's, it's crazy because we actually sat next to each other in class for like mm-hmm. a couple weeks. And then when they finally did the attendance roll call, and it was like Dylan, and we both was like, here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, like right next to each other in class, too. I was like, what the hell? And then we just yo. stuck like that. And since then, the rest of been history, yo. we just cl- we connected. We clicked and
1: we're ready to make some shit happen. Yeah. man. Yeah. So before uh, we start getting into the deep conversation, man, is there anything uh, that you're watching currently or anything you want to recommend to the listeners to watch?
0: Ooh, actually, I just watched an oldie and a goodie with Robert De Niro. I just watched Cape Fear last night. If you guys haven't okay. seen Cape Fear, you should go ahead and go watch that. I think it was directed by Martin Scorsese, too so good so good so it's a lawyer movie well it's about it's this movie about this convict who gets out of prison after like 14 years and he uh chases after his lawyer because his lawyer did some malpractice on him and he like learned the law while he was locked up and he tries to figure out ways to mess with the lawyer his lawyer on his case without breaking the law and it's just it's really good it's really good 10 out of 10 recommend Kate Fear it came out um uh, 1991 so it's, it's kind of old, but like for us, on I mean, we're young and stuff like that. It's not like I'm trying to make you watch something out of the city. <laughs> like this is something that I think no matter what your age group is, you can get down with it. So,
1: yeah, that's what yeah. I was say. Cape Fear, that's a good one. All right, all right, cool, cool. All right. So now moving on, man. So the big thing, man, that I want to talk about with you today mm-hmm. is manifesting, man, because. And that mm. in that same class when we met, man, you said that uh one day that you wanted to you know have your own van and be a gaffer and stuff like that. And then this year you just like took off with it, man. Yeah. So like yeah, you know, the pandemic like it the pandemic hit, the classes shut down, so we kind of lost touch for a little bit. Um, but then we ran back into each other on uh, some projects that we were working on this year. And mm. then you know catching up, you know, you really took off with it, man. So how how did that come up come about? that opportunity we, um, like,
0: fall yeah, on yeah. you? So I, to, to start this really how this all started. So I was going to community college. I went to Longview Community College here in Kansas City, MCC. And I was going to school for business and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, right? So like I was, I dedicated like a year and a half to just like taking the BS classes I had to take and doing what I had to do just so I can get to the next level. And the semester before I got my associate's degree, I was like, I hate business. I hate what I'm doing. I wanna pers- I wanna make movies. I've always been interested in movies. My dad took me to movies growing up and this or that, but I never really saw myself as being a like director or being a writer, you know? I was like, I was trying to figure out my, my little niche within the world, right? And so I got into film school my dad had told me about this dude named marco Stees. he makes uh rap music videos for people like future he made a little uzi video he's made boogie videos stuff like that crazy stuff out in atlanta 26 year old dude and my i found out about him because he was like a friend of a friend of my dad's or something like that and i started stalking his page and he had a and he had a grip truck he had his own grip truck he had his own three-ton grip truck. he had a red camera like the whole works props everything and i was like wow and then like i saw the lifestyle he was living and i saw what he was doing i was like dang this dude's making some bread doing this like he is really nobody really knows about him unless you're in the know you know what i mean And i was like dude that's so sick that'd be sweet and this was a week before we had that guest speaker uh tony laddish with miles deep film here in Kansas city, like it was a week before that. And I saw that and I was like, dude, I want to do that. So we were in that class together and Tony was going around asking people like, Hey, what do you want to be? Uh, what do you want to do? And somebody raised their hand said a director, somebody raised their hand said a writer. And then I raised mine. I said, I want to own a grip truck. And Tony was just like, yo, yeah. Oh my God. Whoa. Like losing his mind. And I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? Like, I, I yeah. just think it'd be cool. And he was like, I got another guy you need to get in touch with, get in touch with, Tony Universo. And I was like, okay, so I went on this music video shoot, this pedal jet shoot here in Kansas City downtown like and I was working as a PA technically, a production assistant technically, but I was just doing grip stuff. And after that day, I was like, bro, this is it. This is all I wanted to do. And since then, like this last year, I've done three or four music videos, I've done a couple indie productions, I've done a commercial, I've done a cooking show. I like stuff's just starting to take off really and it's just all because i put myself out there and told a teacher what i wanted to do. And i think a thing that a lot of people like lose is you want to do something but you don't tell the world what you want to do. You just you you tell yourself what you want to do, right? But you don't speak it into existence. You know, i mean it's corny to say, but like manifesting is a very big thing to bring this back full circle. Like if you want to be somebody if you want to do something you have to say you're going to do it and tell people you're going to do it and then do it like don't just make moves and not let anybody know about it you need to tell people about when you're winning you need to tell people about when you're losing because you want people to recognize like hey you're doing something regardless of what avenue that is you need to get your circle knowing, at least your circle is where you start knowing like, hey, this is what I want to do. And they'll tell their people who would tell their people because this is, especially around here in town in Kansas City, at least the film world is all word of mouth. Like, it's not like you get a reel together, you put it on YouTube and then somebody's gonna find you. It's like, you got to talk to people. You got to tell them yeah. what it's about and you got to just make it happen. You just got to make it happen at the end of the day.
1: But yeah, because, man, when you said that, uh, the answer in class, man, like, you really shook the room because, like, part of the reason is, like, you know, everybody's like, oh, I'm going to be a director. I want to be a DP. And, like, and you know, nobody comes in the film school and was like, you know, I'm going to be a gaffer or I'm going to be, like, the sound guy and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Right. And then so it's just like that when you say something, well, I'm not going to say crazy, but a different answer than the regular answer, like, it shakes the room. Mm-hmm. And then, um, And then just... You know all the projects and stuff that you got to got to work on man so and then just to kind of like tie this into finding finding your uh your niche or niche niche um you know there's a lot of opportunities in the film world you know what i mean because even like martin scorsese and steven spielberg all of them they have a crew of gaffers sound mixers boom ops like any yeah. like anything Like, to be honest with you, like a lot of people in the film industry, a lot of people don't know, like catering is one of the big things in the film industry. Like you gotta feed your crew, you gotta feed your set. And so that could be another way in.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people don't recognize, especially your everyday person, they don't recognize what it takes to make a high level production. Like they don't understand that, Oh, there's gonna be, there's to make like a 30 second commercial probably took like 25 people and over 200 hours. Like people don't recognize that. There's so much that goes into pre planning that nobody understands. And there's so much that goes into post production outside of editing that nobody understands. It's like there's a lot of different things that you can do in the film world to get your end. And that's what's really great about it because if you, like like us, go to film school. We kind of we kind of study everything. We learn about the whole process of making a film. So you can figure out you're in. And even if you're not passionate about filmmaking, filmmaking is a way that other uh, career paths can make money. You know what I mean? Like we were t- just saying, you were just saying with catering. Like I know chef buddies that are trying to make their own, trying to do their own private businesses and stuff like that. And I tell them all the time, like, dude, whenever I have a shoot. I'm gonna call you for catering and stuff like that. Or I know people that are in the fashion world, I'm like, yo, if I need some costumes, I'm gonna come to you because you know about fashion. Like, Or if I need art design, I know plenty of artists or graphic designers to help me design a certain like business I have for a shoot that I'm trying to plan or something. There's so much that goes into all of this. Like, It's not just like, oh, you got a cameraman, you got an actor, you got a director, you got an audio guy. Like, There is so much more beyond that to where you can make a living doing this and this is what i've loved about making films and learning about the film world is that i can tell my friends about what i'm doing and i can get what they're doing to coincide with me so we can all win because that's all i'm about bro like i just want to see my people win at the end of the day. Like if you if you rock with me, if you love the films I make, if you love the music I make, I wanna kind of share that energy back to you. You know what I mean? And I want you to do to whatever you're doing, I want you to start it and never stop. And that was kind of my idea to go on like a little side shoot. That was my idea with like my my title of nine to never, like my, my branding for my gaffing business and also like my music production management business. It's like, you I want you to just start whatever you want to do. And I don't want you to ever finish it like fuck a nine to five part of my French but like, dude, like go nine to never like go to what to what you want to do and just fully commit to it. And then you'll be the happiest you can ever be because I see so many people, especially my family that are not happy because they're working some whack job that they never wanted to do because they got bills to pay and they think that that's the only way that they can make it and I'm like, nah, man, you can do whatever you want to do. We're in the perfect position in the whole plan it to do whatever we want to do. So I don't see why anybody shouldn't. And I want to make sure everybody gets put on to what I'm doing as long as they have appreciated me over the years, you know?
1: Yeah, man, most definitely, man. Dylan out here, dropping the gyms, man, (laughs) make sure y'all pick them up, but, uh, to kind of like skip ahead a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. so like, you know, we've at the, we're at the point to where people call us and ask us for advice. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, that's kind of like crazy because then we go from the people asking for advice and now we're the person that people asking for advice and then, you know, look back and then be like, dang, like we really have been doing this for minimum like two years, four years, six years, however long we've been doing it. And then um, one thing that I noticed about you is like you always bring in somebody on set and then, um, you know, just showing them around, introducing them to everybody and then, you know, just explaining things to them. So that and that's another thing like a big respect thing too because like you're not afraid to bring somebody in of course with the directors and uh producers uh you know mm-hmm. okay um but you know just because i've met uh because i've met like two or three people that you just brought on set and then brought them in you were explaining things and then they were like genuinely interested and then a lot of times you know, this where, well, I'm not gonna say first, but one of the few times they've been on a set and they actually get to see the behind the scenes and they're just so mesmerized. Man. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. tell us a, a little bit about them. Like, is this people that be like, man, like, oh, I'm trying to be on a film set or it's like, yo, like, hey, can you tag along real quick? How does that work?
0: Yeah. So really it all, it all starts because I show the world what I do. Every single so time I'm on a film set, I post it on all my social medias. I Tell my, I talk to films with my friends outside of the film world or whenever I'm making music with somebody, I tell them about how I'm making films and I can make music videos for them and stuff. And people get interested because if you show passion in what you're doing, people are gonna show interest in what you're doing. You can't just be like, you gotta be confident in what you're doing regardless of the production value or the quality of what you're doing. You gotta be confident in what you're doing because people are gonna recognize that. You know that old saying like real recognize real. And that's just the truth. Like if you're gonna be genuine and honest, people are going to come back at you and be like, yo, like, I see it. I feel it. Like, I love to see what you're doing. I want you to, I want to see you succeed because that motivates other people like doing your doing what's best for you is what's going to motivate other people to do what's best for them. So I would post these different shoots. I was on like music videos or this last uh, film that I just did a couple months ago. Like, and people would be like, dude, that's so cool. I want to be on set. Like, and I'm like, bet, come with me, come with me next time. Are you free this day? All right, let's go. Like, I'm not, I'm not out here being like, oh, we can plan this or we can plan that. I'm like, you get your chance, bro. Bet. You hit me up. I got you this day. If you can't make it this day, I'm sorry. I'll ask you on the next one. But like, whoever wants to be around me on a film set, I want them to come and I want them to show them what I'm doing. Because filmmaking is a collaborative effort at the end of the day. Everybody has different ideas, no matter how big or how small. And the more people you can bring onto your set, the more you can make your film attract to a wider audience. You know what I mean? Like, the more you can like, get more input on how to make it better. Because very, very few films have been made solo and have been amazing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not trying, I don't wanna be out here and be a pretentious person that's, like, trying to just make it on my own because there's no fun in that. Like, when everything I do is for, like, that one, like, oh, we just landed this Netflix deal or something like that. And we just sold our movie for however millions of dollars. And I throw a party. I don't want to be throwing a party with just me. You know what I mean? I want to mm. have like hundred people there that all pitched in to be able to do that. And like, just share the experience with everybody. That's all, that, that's all that I'm about is sharing the experience. Because one day I'm going to be six feet under and I want people to be at my funeral. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. I want to leave behind a legacy and leave behind an energy that people can kind of remember. So I bring everybody onto everything if it's within my domain, if it's within my power. Like if you if you are about making filmmaking and you're willing to come spend 16, 12 hours with me, then let's do it. I'll show you everything I know, man, because I'm, you might teach me something or this might motivate you so you can become part of my crew, you can become part of my team and then we can all get paid doing something. Like it's all just about collaboration at the end of the day. And the more you collaborate, the more chances you're going to have, no doubt.
1: Yeah, you a collaboration and like all the problems that that come on to set, because like last uh, the last set where me and Dylan was on together, uh, you know, me, him and the director, we just bouncing ideas off each other, like back, like back to well, yeah, back to back and mm-hmm. off of each other. Because like there were times where I was like, OK, because uh, I mostly um, do sound. Mm-hmm. and i was like yo, i'm like i don't know where to place the microphone without getting in the shot and then you know causing the shadow and stuff like that and then dylan was like okay try like over here and stuff like that and then uh terrell the director he was like oh it's not the exact look i'm like going for and then dylan was like okay well if you place the camera like right here and then uh there was a shot where um where we had to put a light inside of the sink and we were like okay how are we gonna run the water and stuff like that and then i was like yo i'm like You got like a plastic bag or something like that. We can put the light in that'll protect and stuff like that. So like collaboration is just like really, really important. Yeah, and it's
0: cool to, and that's what's really cool about doing some like small stuff, like some no budget indie stuff with just like the homies is you can do that. And there's not like a hierarchy or like a a structure. So whenever you get on a big set, there's a hierarchy there's like you you have to talk to this person who's going to talk to this person who's going to talk to this person if something's messed up and it's outside of your field you can't say anything about it you know like it's just there's there's levels to it you know especially if you get put onto a union job like if you're doing a commercial for sprint or russell stover's like those are very particular like the rules are real set you guess you just got to stay in your lane but the cool thing about making art with your peers is that you can put in your creative input as long as they want you to do that. You know what I mean? Like you can, we can collaborate like that because it's small and because it's us when otherwise you wouldn't be able to do that on something bigger. So working with like, that's why I like working with people that are our age, like early twenties, late teens trying to make films because they just want to make films at the end of the day. They just want to make something great. They don't want, they don't want, uh credit for this one thing or something like that it's all about what can we all do together to make a fire end product and that's what's really cool because i mean the stuff we're making isn't netflix quality i'm not gonna lie to you not yet at least but it's getting there you know what i mean like we are learning we are we are moving the ball forward like in uh fast and furious yo an inch or a mile winning is winning so we're figuring it out piece by piece and then one day all these pieces are coming together and we're gonna make like this super fire picture and then it's it's over it's a wrap from there just like everybody else did before but the key is that we we do it we don't just say we're gonna do it we don't plan we don't psych ourselves out we just do it and then we learn from our mistakes and then we run it back and we just keep doing that and doing that until we're making something that's world-class no doubt I know without a doubt we'll make something that's
1: world-class man for real because like just looking back just like two three years ago when i first got into uh UNKC man because uh the documentary i made an intro uh three years ago man when i first finished that i was like man I'm like let's go this is it and now i'm looking back and i'm like oh like this is mm-hmm. like this is not as good as i thought it was yeah and then just looking <laughs> back my on other projects
0: project too and it was it was not hot but that's i'm kind of a perfectionist too like i'll make something and it may be like the best I could possibly do right now, but I'm like, ah, oh, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. And that's why I'm always in the mood to keep on making. Cause I'm like, boom, 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 boom. If I make, if I work on three productions, gripping and gaffing a week, that's like 12 a month, which is like 144 a year. Like I could learn a lot after 144 productions, you know? So I'm just trying to get put on to whatever I can, however I can. Like it's, and I think a big thing that people miss out on too in the beginning is, trying to get paid. Like I know we're trying to get paid, but I think you need to plant the seeds for your future bag, you know what I mean? You got to plant mm-hmm. you got to you got to plant the seed and watch it grow cuz then you'll reap from the fruit. You can't just like, oh, throw a seed out there and just eat the seeds. It's not as nutritious it's not as nutritious as waiting until the apple tree grows and then you got like 80 apples on it and you're eating good for the next like year. So I'm just trying to get put onto whatever, which I think a lot of people struggle with and what a lot of people need to do more is just get on whatever set you can and give it your all no matter what you're getting out of it. Because at the end of the day, you're getting experience out of it. And that's what's the most important in filmmaking or in any career that you do is experience. You need that first and foremost.
1: Yeah, no, most definitely, because like in every field, it's one thing to read about it and know how to do it, but also mm-hmm. actually doing it is a whole is a whole different monster. Whole different, yeah. A whole different monster, man. And then um, you know, just life on life on set, because like kind of the circle back what you said earlier, like, yeah, a lot of people don't know, like these sets they last for twelve or like ten hours, twelve hours, sixteen hours. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, because uh because the um so that we work on man, it was uh, it was a night shoot and we were we were out there at night yeah. and then people were like, yo, what? Like they uh, was because like my cousin had texted me. He was like, yeah, what time did you end up getting home? I was like, yeah, like around like two or three. <laughs> mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just on this music video, uh, my first paid gig.
0: So I've only been doing this like a year, but um, my first paid gig was a couple months ago. And I got there at eight in the morning and I didn't leave till 145 in the morning. Like it was like a whole 17 hour day. And it was just like, man, it sucks. But whenever you see the final product, it's it's worth yeah, it. You know what it, I
1: mean? It definitely like, it's it's just
0: it is what it is. It's a it's a job at the end of the day. You gotta work. But mm-hmm. it's like it's, I just I was I don't trip on it. I don't get caught up on like, oh, I just spent seven I just wasted 17 hours of my day because I learned a lot. I learned a lot. that's all that's all i'm trying to do right now is learn especially being that i'm a student or we're students
1: really yeah no for real because like at the because at the end of the day man it's just like you gotta like how i want to say it's like on every set i've been on at least there's always been that moment where everybody was there and we just take like a minute or two not very long because you know everything is time sensitive But just Mm -hmm. like, just take a minute or two, just to like stop and take in, like the same, like, dang, like, we really doing this? Like this, Mm -hmm. like this is what we're doing with our life, or this is like, this is really like, we're making something.
0: Yeah, it's surreal sometimes. Like, I remember the first set I was on, I was just like mesmerized and stuff like that. And then I was, I worked on this uh, movie called SCP Overlord. I don't know if you've heard of it. Maybe some of your fans have heard of it, but it's a sci-fi youtube series sort of thing and i worked on and it was like it was a half hour movie like full on like swat guys were there and stuff like that and it was just like so i had this moment when we were shooting a scene and like they were like clearing rooms or something like that they were like going through and clearing rooms and it was just all tactical and stuff and i was just watching this and i was like dang like this is legit like i'm i'm making movies right now and that's like and i get that it doesn't happen often because a lot of the times especially in what I do as a gaffer you spend a lot of the times just like sitting you, like the most of your job happens before the set starts and then when cut when it's wraps so like i'm just sitting there and i'm just like well whatever like looking at my phone scrolling through twitter but then sometimes i see like an actor do something and it's like it made it moved me and i'm like wow man we're really making movies right now like this is this is the coolest job i could have asked for and literally like a year and a half ago from today i I made the decision that I wanted to do this, I think. Maybe, yeah, yeah, like, two, no, two years ago from today, I made the decision, like, I want to make films. And I'm so glad I did, because if not, I would be, I'd be working some whack internship, I don't know, selling fertilizer or annuities, <laughs> or I don't even know, being an accountant or something, just like figuring out how to get paid. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not as worried about the money anymore. I'm worried about creating, because I'm a creative at the end of the day. And I want to create, because that's what makes me happy. So yeah, this is the perfect career to be able to do something like that. Filmmaking is, is just dope, it's just dope.
1: Yeah, no, and then just all the different departments and the different, um, and the different knowledge that you can pick up from each one and like collaborating with, with each other because a lot of people would think that, you know, gaffing and a boom op, you know, have nothing in common and they'll never talk to each other. I'm like, but that's not the case because like, like I came to you and I was like okay I'm like set up the lights and then I need to figure out like where do you think I should stand because you know the microphone can't get in the shot you know and Mm -hmm. then the microphone if it gets in front of the light or in the light it casts a shadow and then so it's just like that overlap of you know the sound department and the gapping department just collaborating and communicating yeah 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 I think
0: that um collaborating with other departments is important because at the end of the day, I think everybody wants to be their own director one day. Like you wanna make your Mm -hmm. own movie one day that you can say is yours. So to be able to collaborate with other departments can give you sort of leeway or ideas for your own productions that you're doing. Me personally, like I'm a gaffer, but I want to become a music video like director now. Like, because I'm so involved in music and I know so many local artists here in Kansas City, I want to, like make their videos for them and try and maybe do like some Cole Bennett lyrical lemonade thing. I'm not very sure, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Cole Bennett, but he started making music videos for people out in Chicago and he blew up to the point where he has his own summer bash festival with like the biggest artists in the rap and R&B world. So I'm like, why can't I do something similar to that here in Kansas City? And just the, the collaborating is what is so crucial, but also what I find so difficult with like this market, the Kansas City market, like, Anybody that has any sort of talent always ends up going to Chicago or they go to Atlanta or they go to Los Angeles or New York. You know what I mean? Everybody goes out. Nobody looks inward to try and make something dope here. And that's something that really like struck me hard whenever I started going on film sets and I started talking to people and be like, oh yeah, all the work's out in LA. Oh, all the work's out in Atlanta now and stuff like that. Like Ozarks wasn't even shot at the Ozarks. It was shot in Atlanta. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I get that. So what can we do as young motivated individuals to sort of change that dynamic, to change that way of thinking? And for me, like, I don't want to go to California. I don't want to go to New York. I don't want to leave home. Like I was born and raised here. I love this city and I know this city has great potential that the rest of the country overlooks. So why can't we collaborate here in this city to make something really cool that the rest of the world can be like, wow, wow, they did that in Kansas City, what? Like get some recognition. But it's people in Kansas City, I don't I don't know as much in the film world because I'm so new, but i know in the music world because I've been in it for like four years. People do not like, messing with each other people just want to be the top dog alpha and it's and it's sad and it's disappointing because i want to collaborate with anybody that wants to collaborate with me regardless of their skill set because i know i'm not perfect but maybe i can learn something from you to make me better even if even if you're uh, uh, uh subjectively worse than me or whatever like I don't care like I still want to work with you because I want to see what you got I want to see what we can make happen so when it comes to collaborating man I just wish it was more prominent around here and it's really unfortunate that it isn't but that being said I think we can do something about it I think we can make we can change the dynamic that's been set with all of that, like if we really want to, and that's what I'm, that's really my goal for the next like five or 10 years is to get the team, to get the people together that don't plan on leaving to be able to make something really cool, to make some some dope stuff that is world-class in the sense of maybe filmmaking, maybe even like a TV show or just like whatever we gotta do. Like I wanna start my own production house here that's like legit, not just this small town Kansas City stuff we got going, I want to bring everybody together and do some really cool collaborative work. And I know it's going to take a lot of sacrifices, like time and energy and money, but I'm not worried about it. Cause I know like when I'm in my forties and fifties that it's going to pay off. So when it comes to collaborating, man, I just wish people were more about it, but I know some people are, I know some people really are. And that's what I'm doing right now is finding those people, looking for those people, tapping into the social networks that are around here like the IFC, which I mean, it's kind of weak, but it is what it is tapping in with our teachers to find the big dogs who can get me in touch with the younger dogs that follow the big dogs. So I can get my own herd together. You know what I mean? Like just Mm -hmm. like stuff like that. It's a process. It's a slow, it's a slow, boring process, but as long as you make progress every single day, you're getting somewhere that's going to get you in the, that's going to provide you in the long run.
1: And I'm all about the long run. Yeah, man, most definitely. Because like, you know, the saying is like, you know, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. But if you want to go far, like you gotta stick together. Mm-hmm. And then I think a lot of people they're so focused on trying to get somewhere fast that you know, like you said, they don't think about the future bags, you know. What yeah. I mean Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
0: and it's sad. But it is what it is, man. People got that short mind thinking. People don't have long term thinking. They don't they don't think about uh five years from now, they think about five months from now. think about a year from now maybe but they don't think about what they what they're trying to do what's the big thing that they're trying to do in their lives you know because everybody's got that one big thing you got no matter if you're a construction worker you got that the biggest project you ever did or if you're a uh i don't know if you're trying to start a small business whenever you buy your first building like that's the biggest thing you'll ever do stuff like that like people don't think about that kind of thing they think about like oh if i save up two thousand dollars in the next six months then i can go on vacation for a week you know and it's like nah man you're thinking about you think about the wrong things like don't think about the the monetary the monetary mon, I think that's the word monetary gains like don't think about yeah. the money right now think about the the end goal and how you're gonna get to that end goal like think about the people think about the projects and stuff like that and people don't people don't think about that and it's it's sad I've said it like four times already it's sad but it is what it is if everybody thought like that it wouldn't be so fulfilling to be able to get those kinds of successes so yeah. I'm trying to find people that are like minded like me and it's been difficult I've lost friends I've lost relationships. Because I've this type of thinking and it it sucks. It's it's lonely in the beginning, but it's not lonely in the end, and I know that for a fact. So I just got to keep pushing and keep making it happen.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, no, cause man, cause in terms of you know like friends that collaborate and stuff like that, man. when I first got to Young KC like three years ago, you know we definitely uh, the program was like around like eight or nine people, because, you know, the uh, the film and media arts program was brand new. The, of course, they had the film emphasis, but the film and media arts production well, was mm-hmm. fairly new. And then, uh, of course, it's grown a lot, but we've seen a lot of people come and go, um, because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, they came into the realization where it's like, oh, like, this isn't for me. A mm-hmm. lot of people uh, came in thinking it was easy. This was something easy that they can measure in, yeah. uh, or they... Like, or they came in and then they want to do it, but they was like, okay, I'm like, this This is too serious for me. And, you know, a lot of people like came and go. And then like, you know, that's another thing too, because like, uh, just like in class, you're just like, okay, it's like, who seems as passionate about this as me. And then I've been fortunate enough to work with people whose passion levels have been at a at or above mine fortunately uh mm-hmm. so you know that is also like another thing too because this really is a team effort and then so like if one person just like nonchalant or slacking, you know the results are gonna come in on whatever part of the project they were responsible of yeah
0: yeah i i noticed that a lot in school too like people don't people aren't uh passionate in the beginning i wasn't that passionate either because i was lost i think a lot of these people are lost in the whole film world too because they don't have they don't believe in themselves enough to be able to go out there and make something really cool or make something of very high quality they don't see that within themselves so they go to school just like all lackluster but then i've also met people that really shouldn't be in school and should just be making movies because their stuff is the craziest things i've ever seen and i think um people when people see other people's works they either are like, wow, I'm way better than them. Like they suck or they're like, wow, this person's way better than me. I'll never get to that point. Instead of saying like, wow, this per- I'm ahead of this person, but what can I learn from this person? And wow, this person's ahead of me. What can I learn from this person? Like people people are, are just so like egotistical about their works, you know? And it's, it's sad and it's disappointing because they're like, oh man, if oh mine's better than yours blah blah blah. i deserve this it's like no you're not going to be you shouldn't go into something thinking you're going to deserve it or like have this idea of um like you're gonna be on top of the world because you just made this you know you gotta you gotta you gotta be open-minded in this sort of field and in this world especially when we're at our level learning like you can't just be all closed up and expect like oh yeah i made this one video this two minute long music video it's going to get 50 million views on YouTube. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. I put so much time into it and then it flops. And then you're like, oh, well, I'm never going to do that again. That's how you fail. Like, you got to just keep going. You got to stay consistent. And people don't like to do that around here. people, especially in the creative field. It's hard. It's very hard to stay consistent because you don't get any immediate gratification. The the creative world, there's no immediate gratification. It's, you got to put in a bunch of work and you got to wait for the views to come. And if they don't come, you gotta put even more work on the next one. You keep doing that. Keep learning, keep progressing. Keep changing the formula, yo. You gotta change the recipe until it tastes delicious. Cause sometimes you're gonna cook and it's gonna be horrible. You're gonna burn the chicken or whatever. But like, you're gonna learn like, okay, I need to do this. I need to do this. And then the next time that you get to cooking, you're gonna make something delicious. So you just gotta keep, you gotta, it's practice. Practice makes perfect, as corny as it is. I always say all these quotes that are so corny, but they're, there's a reason they're famous quotes because they're true, they're right. You just got to stay after it, get after it,
1: get to the bag, fuck the ocean. Right now, for real, for real, because like, you know, with this podcast, whatever, because I'm like, okay, yeah, like the little views is coming and coming. But then as the catalog goes and then people come and find it, you know, because I've noticed the trend because, you know, I hear like musicians and stuff always talk about like, oh, the catalog, the catalog, the catalog. Mm -hmm. But now, like even my uh, like this podcast like the catalog isn't huge, but I know it's a trend that whenever somebody new comes in, they go back and they listen to the old episodes. And then yeah, so I'm true. like, okay. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, so either they listen to it, they liked what they saw. And then it was like, I want some more of this. And then they go back and listen, or, you know, they just come or they found me through that old episode. You know
0: mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. It's just, I, uh, Russ, you know, Russ, the artist, he, yeah. in my face, he, uh, he said like each one of his songs. So he, what he did was he dropped a song every single week for a year. So he dropped like 50 songs in a year. And he was like, some of those songs did most of those songs didn't do numbers, but they were, he looked at each song as like a, a salesperson of him. So everything you make is a salesperson of you. Right? So if somebody sees one thing that they like that you made, like the most recent thing you made, maybe a bunch of people like it, they're going to look back and watch the last thing you made. And I'm like, Oh, That was pretty good too. And then they're gonna watch the last thing that you made. Oh, that's pretty good too. Um, There's a comedian, Andrew Schultz. He went on a Ted talk and was talking about like, so I made this hour long special and none of the networks wanted to buy it. And then he showed his friends and he was like, well, um, why, he showed his friends the, the the special and he was like, okay, what do you guys think? And all his friends were like, yeah, it was good, but I didn't finish it. Yeah, it was good, but I didn't finish it. He was like, okay, so what if I cut the special up into five to 10 minute videos and I drop one of those every single week on YouTube? And it, and then after like three months, it just blew up because literally like somebody watches one comedy special, watches one music video, watches listens to one song, watches one little production you did. And then they're like, wow, that was really cool. I'm gonna watch another one this dude made. They're like wow, that was really cool. And next thing you know, they're stuck on your YouTube for like four hours, and they watched everything you did. And now you got a loyal fan. You know, it's it's just the it's the when it comes to productions, it's consistency and it's quality. As long as your quality, as long as your consistency stays like this, stays the same, and your quality goes up ever so slightly, even if it's like an exponential curve. Like as long as your consistency stays on par and your quality slightly goes up every single video, you are guaranteed to blow up. You just have to never quit. You just have to keep sending it until you get that one video that literally gets a million views on YouTube. And you're like, wow, whoa. That's the hard, grindy part of it. Or you can spend three years of your life making one video that you're gonna network the hell out of and then get a million views. You gotta you can pick your battles, you know? But for me, like I'd rather let the world see where I started and where I'm at, and then get the fan base to go along with it because that's also gonna be inspiring for people that are trying to emulate or that are trying to do their own thing. Cause I get really inspired. Most of my inspiration, not gonna lie, comes from YouTubers, man. I've been with some YouTubers cause I'm a YouTube fiend. Like I stay on that, you know? And I've been with, I've seen some YouTubers that started out with like 15,000 and then they blow up to like half a million. And I was with them since day one. And I was like, you know what they did? They didn't stop. They didn't stop. And that's and that's a lesson that I learned about a year ago. Uh, with everything that's happened in my life, I used to be lazy. I used to not want to do anything. I used to just expect everything to fall into my hands. But that's not how life works. That's not how any of this works. I was like, you have to stay consistent and never stop. So I'm just like, that's all. I'm all about Figuring out the next plan. Like even whenever I'm working on one project, I'm like, okay, what's coming up next? Because I need to I need to stay consistent. I need to stay busy. I'm the type of anxious to where if I have nothing to do, I freak out. Now, if I have 50 things to do, I'm totally cool. I'm gonna get them done. But if I have nothing to do, I'm freaking out. Like I'm I'm in quarantine right now. Like I got I got Rona. I would hate to say it, I got Rona. So I've been quarantined since like uh, Thursday. Last Thursday, almost a week now. And like, it's been really hard on me because I'm like, dude, there was so much I was going to do this week. I was going to shoot a trailer Saturday. I had a paid gig Monday. Like, and it all just got thrown out the window because I got sick and it was detrimental. It's been really rough. But I'm like, ever since I've been here, I've been networking with people. I've been on my laptop sending emails. I've been texting people. I've been in people's DMs. I've been commenting on photos. I've been retweeting, like, just trying to get my name out there. And it's like, show support for the people out here so they'll think about me whenever they're working on whatever they're working on so like you just gotta you gotta figure out you gotta hustle this is this is all a hustle man because this is it's a freelance world it's not like you go you can go work for a production company here in town like you can and you're gonna have a regular nine to five but like you're not gonna be making the stuff you want to make you know if you want to if you want to pave your own way you have to pave it dog you gotta dig in the dirt you gotta mix the concrete and stuff like you got to you have to put in the work to get the final product. So you just can't let anybody deter you from that. Everybody's gonna tell you like, oh, you wanna you wanna work for Hollywood? That's very unlikely. It's like, those are just small minded people that work for some fencing company or something like that, that freaking cut grass or something. I'm not knocking it, but like, I'm sure that wasn't your dream. You know what I mean? Like all yeah. your dream, dude, don't listen to anybody. Listen to yourself and get a circle of people, whether that's one, or like two, or your parents that just completely agree in your decisions and commit to your visions because they're gonna drive you to keep on going. I have that circle. I have two people. I have two people that are with me until the end and that have been with me since like my freshman year of high school whenever I first started doing my creative ventures. And like, they believe in me and everything and I believe in them and everything. And I know that we can make it if we just keep pushing. And even like whenever you get down bad, like they lift me back up. Like there had been six to nine months where I didn't create anything. Like I was just existing. I was just going through school, like going through the motions. And it was like, I look back on those times and I don't have any memories. Like I don't have any fond memories of what was going on. Like I was caught up like, no cap, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was caught up like smoking weed all the time and doing that dumb stuff, partying all the time. Just like, just existing, you know, just not working. And I cut all that out. I cut all that out, especially over quarantine. And I was like, yep, yeah, no, we gotta focus. We gotta figure this out, yo. know, like, how am I going to be successful? How am I going to plant the seeds for my future? And how are my grandkids going to be set? You know what I mean? So I've just been going all gas, no brakes since then, trying to figure out how to make this happen. Cause it ain't easy. But if it,
1: anything that's easy isn't worth doing. And that's a yep. fact, yo. That's a fact. Yep, And then think about it, man. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And then you know, kind of just like circle back to like what you said earlier. Like just just hustle. Like just just push through because uh two things I want to say, man. The first thing is where it's like the first thing uh the saying is kind of like, you know, you could be closer to the finish line than you are from the beginning.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then so it's like yeah I'm like if you quit now I'm like yeah I'm like but is it you know, like is it closer to keep going or is it closer to go back, you know that's mm-hmm. uh, you no know, that's another thing too. And then also, uh, dang what's the, uh dang, it was uh yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. And then uh, you know like five years down the line because like you know it could take five years to get that one year that changed your life. You know. I
0: mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of there's like there's a lot of like uh, images of people that are like digging underground there's like i know there's this one image that and it's, it always sticks with me this dude is like digging underground for diamonds and there's like oh uh, yeah yeah like, i know which people. one you're talking and about This dude, like walking back and this dude is like keeping going and the diamonds are like right here and this dude just quits but this dude's like so close you never know how close you are until you stop until you quit like you will never know if the next thing you do is what's going to break you into the industry you have no idea. So why wouldn't wouldn't you just keep creating? I told myself, I'm gonna keep doing this stuff until I'm 30. If I'm 30 and I'm not making a living off of this, then I'll quit. But I already know by the time I'm like 24, I'm gonna be making bank. So I'm like, I already like believe in myself enough to where I'm gonna be on some Hollywood productions, some Netflix productions, Hulu productions here within the next like two years. So like just, just have a plan too. like, don't, don't be, don't be digging aimlessly, you know, don't be digging into nothingness. You gotta have a, have a general plan. Like me personally, I have a plan for what I'm gonna do next month. I got to pan plan what I'm doing this summer. I got a plan from a year from now, five years from now, 10 and 20 years from now. Like I have general plans. I've written them down on a notebook, uh, my recent plans, but like my long-term goals, like I plan them out and, you need to have those sort of long-term goals and those short-term goals and they need to coincide with each other like if you want to become a like if you want to start a lawn care business you got to figure out okay how much money do i need to save to get my first mower and then you got to think like five years from now okay i want to have like a crew of five dudes and like three trucks and you got to figure out how much that's going to cost and how you're going to get there like everything you do has to be planned out. It doesn't need to be planned out. So specifically like, Oh, Tuesday, uh, 17 days from now, I'm going to make $40 doing this. You don't need to think about it like that. You need to think about generalized terms in the short and in the long towards your goals, because you can't just be chopping aimlessly at nothing. Cause you're going to, you're not going to hit anything. You know, if you aim, you got to like aim for the stars and shoot at the moon. You know what I mean? or you aim for the moon you shoot for the stars you know what I mean like you can see it but you shoot way beyond it because then you'll guarantee you're guaranteed to get it so you got to like you have to have a plan and most people don't have a plan except for oh especially when I'm talking to film students like they're like oh yeah I'm um, I'm gonna get an internship and then work for a production company I'm like okay cool what what production company like I don't know I'm like oh okay uh what have you made? And it be like, uh, oh, I made this thing for school. I'm like, okay, what have you made outside of school? And they're like, nothing. I'm like, why? Like, if this is what you're passionate about, why aren't you attempting to create outside of your normal coursework? All of our professors tell us, yo, like, if you just do what your teachers tell you to do, you're going to fail. You're going to fail bad. I'm like, and ever since I, I heard that, I was like, you're right. Cause I was just doing what the teachers told me to do. I was just doing my BS one minute long projects. And it was like, this isn't going to pursue me I got to make, got to keep creating. And then I, mean, I got to, you got to create and you got to finish. And then you got to show the world and then you got to create another thing. You can't just like create, get halfway. Okay. Scrap it, create, get halfway. Okay. Scrap it. Cause you're not going to learn anything from that. You're not going to get social approval from that or disapproval from that to which you can learn from. So you got to create and then put it out in the world and then, get the feedback, listen to the feedback, implement, create, put out in the world, listen to the feedback, implement, create rinse, repeat, just keep doing that. Doom, 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 doom. Send it to send it to the people you work for and be like, what could I do to make this better? Like, I understand it's not good, but like, what can I do to make it better? And they'll tell you, and you're like, bet, take notes, man, talk to people, network, socialize, be somebody that wants to hang out and just help. And you will learn an invaluable amount of information because I've learned I've learned 40 times more information from being on set than I did than I have in film school. And that's just a fact for me. Like, I know, like, I'm still going to graduate. I'm still got like a year left. I'm going to finish, but film school has gotten me the connections. The connections have gotten me the knowledge and people need to recognize that and have a plan to get to that point.
1: Like, yeah, man. Cause like, um, cause the class, man, uh, John, he said, like, you know, you like, if you send me a call sheet, you know, like you got an excused absence. Mm -hmm. and then so he was like you know because he said like no like no disrespect to like the people that want to be in class but he was like you can be in here and i'm telling you about it or you can be out there and do it yourself and then so i was like and then when the opportunity came up to uh to work on a short film set you know what i'm saying like i didn't have to worry about dang this is this is on friday during class like dang Mm -hmm. and he was like no he was like no just send me the call sheet and you good yep yeah and then just and then just out there and then having that portfolio too, because like, you know, applying for stuff or just showing people stuff is just like, you know, I, uh, I just finished up an internship, uh, video editing. And then, you know, in the interview, when I sent in my application, my resume had a link to all my stuff on there. And then they was like, oh, like the stuff you made is really good. And then, cause, you know, if you got that banging portfolio, you don't even like, you really don't need to say anything you're mm-hmm. like yeah you know yeah. once they see it it's a it's a done deal the portfolio does the talking for you yeah so that's exactly. another reason just like go out there put your reel together or just get whatever under your belt and then because um last year uh, when i started taking photography serious uh shout out to my cousin he brought up a lot of opportunities for him whenever somebody needed pictures he was like oh man he was like yeah it was like Dylan can do that he was like or like hey I'm going to this event um like I'm going to this event in September, like you want to come along and like do XYZ. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, like, yeah. Boom. Like that. And then that's like the ground, well, not the ground basis. It's the foundation of my portfolio that I'm currently building on. And mm-hmm. it's just like just go out there, create. And then cause trust me, man, the portfolio. If you have a banging portfolio, you have a good reel or you have good work that that's gonna that's gonna speak for you. Right. It's that it's that type of energy of if your portfolio is really good, it's like
0: I've always had this mentality that if I get an interview, I got the job. So if your portfolio is banging, all you have to do is search for interviews all day and you will get jobs regardless. Like if your portfolio is fire, I'm working on my uh, my gaffing reel. So like doing different lighting setups and stuff like that and stuff I've worked on and taking pictures and stuff like that and, and those lighting setups so people can get an idea. And i to put like a YouTube, like a cool like two minute long YouTube video together to show people and like just getting on whatever productions I can get on, yo, like to be able to build up that reel. Cause then you can turn that reel into so many opportunities. And then once you have a banging reel for the year, you make your reel in January or February, you make your 2020 reel, go crazy. You just look for opportunity left and right. You're like, oh yeah. They're like, hey, can I see your reel? You're like, bet. You pull up your YouTube, pull it saved in your phone, you just show them, boom. And they're like, bet, I'll give you a call. Easy, you just gotta go talk to people. You can't be, you can't be shy you cannot be shy in this world and expect something to happen to you. You got to you got to literally I don't like saying fake it till you make it. You got to like face it till you make it. Like you got to completely just put all your fears behind you. All everything that makes you feel uncomfortable about yourself, all your the the devil on your shoulder, you got to like just punch it in him in the face and keep that shit moving. Like just focus in, man. Just like just be yourself, talk, be out there and I guarantee you even if you get 100 no's, you're going to get that one yes that's going to get you paid, that's going to get you connected to everybody. I've gotten told no so many times, and it doesn't phase me. So I'm like, they get told no, and you're like, bet, thank you for telling me no instead of leading me on thinking that you're going to give me something. All right, bet, I'm going to move on to the next. Boom. Got told no again. All right, bet, I'm going to move on to the next. Thank you for your time. Boom, boom, boom. Because one day you might be a big name, and those people are going to come back and tell you yes, and you're going to be like, bet, I charge this much, and you're going to overcharge it. No told him no and that's that like that's that's it because at the end of the day we're trying to get paid as much as it's cool to make great art we're making great art at least I'm making great art with the intention of getting a future back I'm not making great art just to make great art I that's what I do music for I make music just to make music I don't this filmmaking is what's going to be my livelihood for all my other creative ventures that I'm trying to do like I just dropped last week $2,000 in lighting equipment and shit like that like this isn't this isn't a joke I bought an Aerie kit I got two Godox lights sitting right here like this isn't this isn't just like funny business for me this is business business for me and I'm trying to get a head start because I want to be like 25 and have my and buy my first van that's like that's my goal for when I turn 25 four years from now like I want to be getting this money to the point where i'm like bad like i'm starting to i'm starting to land jobs that the dude i'm working for is landing and then next thing you know i'm i'm that blows up and so i buy like an re camera like a hundred thousand dollar camera and i got cold cameraman i'm making my movies and i'm hiring my old boss you know that's what that's what i'm about i see i see this filmmaking stuff as a business opportunity and i understand the business side of it because of the game that all these different gaffers and key grips have put me onto. They put me onto so much game when it comes to the business side and I get it now. So now it's just a matter of getting the funds to be able to implement the game that I was taught, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a wrap dude. Literally probably, probably a year from now, i I'll, I'll be gaffing my own shit without question, without question. I'll be gaffing my own stuff. And like, I've got, I got this opportunity to grip on this Netflix job over the summer and stuff like that, like stuff's, stuff's taken off. And that's because I provided my services for free and I'm a fun person to be around. Those are the, those are the two reasons why. If you can provide your services for free and you're a fun person to be around, people are gonna call you back. If you can make the director laugh, he's gonna call you back. He's gonna remember you. If you can keep the energy up, they're gonna remember you for that and they're gonna call you back. And that's why I've gotten all my jobs because I'm not trying to be cocky or anything, but I'm a people person. And you have to be a people person in this business in order to get some recognition. If you're a little mole, quiet, sit in the corner, nobody's going to remember your name. People remember my name though. And that's why I keep getting called back to this stuff. And that's why I keep giving jobs. I did probably 200 hours worth of grip work before I ever got paid. You know what I mean? I did a whole internship on my own, like not even like signed, like not even like officially, like I just gave out my services for free for like 200 hours before I ever got paid to do my own thing. And now it's like, if I'm not getting paid, it better lead me to a future bag. Now, now most of the stuff I do is, is paid jobs. I quit, I quit my job serving at Olive Garden, like last week. Like it's, 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 it's it's a wrap. You know what I mean? Like you just gotta, you gotta give out your services for free and be a good person and be a fun person to be around. And I
1: guarantee you, you will make it. Those, those, those are the
0: two secrets of the trade that people don't like to
1: hear. Yeah, I swear. Cause my, uh, my supervisor, you know, um, my last meeting, he was like, yo, he was like, you are the only intern that like that interacts with people and just have a fun conversation with you know, like everybody else they don't speak unless they're spoken to or they just sit there and they take criticism and mm-hmm. uh what's good and then because you know i'm like i walk in the room like hey how's everybody doing you know like i'm willing to have like an outside of work conversation with you yeah and then uh what's good. and then also like you know like everything doesn't have to be super serious of course like when it's down to the project and the nitty-gritty like yes be serious but other than that it's like yo just just be a cool person. Just be you. And like, mm-hmm. I literally was just myself. And then you know, like, boom. And then they was like, yo. And then they was like, yeah, you're very intuitive. you know, like, you speak up. You're like, you interact with everybody. They're Like, just, just keep that up.
0: Hmm. That yeah. That's it. That's all that. That's all that it is to it. And if if you're really passionate about becoming a filmmaker, you gotta express that sort of energy out to people that make films because then they'll recognize that and then they'll come back to you and ask you to be on a job, whether it's paid or not, man, just just get involved. Just get involved and get active. You can't. This isn't an industry you can be passive. You can't just finish school and then send out a resume and get a job. Like you gotta, you have to be active. You have to know people. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And you're gonna learn a lot more in on your film sets than you're gonna learn in school. Now, if you're trying to become like a, like an editor, you're gonna learn a lot more hanging out with an editor while he's editing a film than you're gonna learn from editing in school. And I know that for a fact because film school, film school teaches you the over art, teaches you film theory and film history mostly. And then it, it dives ever so slightly into production, pre-production and post-production. So, and if you're already in passionate about making films, you're gonna have a pretty good idea of film history, at least your own personal history, because you grew up watching movies and you're gonna have a pretty good idea of film theory. Like film people know what's gonna happen when they watch like a pretty basic film. Like if you watch Mm -hmm. a scary movie and the music goes quiet, you know a jump scare is gonna come out. If you're watching a fight scene and the main character is about to die, but there's still an hour of runtime, you know that somebody's about to save him. Like we have pretty good understanding of of film knowledge that Film school teaches you way more in depth, which is important if you want to go get your master's or something like that, but it's not necessarily important to making your own productions. It just gives you a general idea. It just puts specifics on the things that you already know. For me personally, I'm not saying don't go to film school because I think everybody should be educated, but I'm saying don't expect film school to give you all the knowledge you need because it's not going to. What film school is going to give you is the connections because your teachers are tapped into the local industry and you just have to go up and talk to them after class and be like, hey, I am I wanna do this. Do you know any people that I could email? And then they're like, yeah, sure, email this person. And then you're like, bet my professor so-and-so told me to email you. Can I get put onto any of your projects? I'm really passionate, just be genuine. And they'll be like, bet, I, uh, oh yeah, come to my studio tomorrow, I'm editing this thing. And you're like, bet, you go to the studio, you sit there and you talk to them about movies. Talk to them about your favorite foods. You just watch them do the thing and you sit there and you take notes and you just be a good person. Next thing you know, you're working for this dude making hundreds of dollars a day because you were yourself to your teacher. Like you have to utilize film school, not for the knowledge, but for the connect mm-hmm. because it is very hard to get connect, tapped in to the film world. It is very hard to get in there. It's almost impossible actually to like just go be off the street and get in there. You got to tap into the Facebook groups. You got to tap into the meetups. You got to be on a set and just talk to everybody and talk to people that are within your niche in the filmmaking world. If you want to be a director, you need to either really have a solid team that you already have, or you need to find a different niche to get you an in, to get you paid and meeting people. So then you can start directing your own stuff. You can't just go in there and just be like, oh yeah, I'm, you can't graduate and be like, I want to be a director. That's not going to work. Unless you have a really solid team and you're already directing your own stuff, which falls into my other point of film school doesn't doesn't just give you an end. You got to be doing your own stuff outside of it. No. There's just there's so there's so much to do, but at the same time, it's not that much. I still kick it. I am one of the laziest people I know, and I'm still out here like making things happen. You know what I mean? Because I'm passionate about it, and it's more so not even laziness. It's just procrastination. But there's nothing wrong with that as long as you end up making a fire final product so just go just just go just be out there that's all i can be out there there.
1: yeah because film school because like you know the networking because you know dylan we met in film schools like the networking aspect you know is there just put yourself out there and then as far as skills go you're going to learn more of the technical aspects the theory and technical aspects of it but production wise just go out there and get it because there were times um, last year, uh, last year at the showcase, I had like three projects in it, that I worked on. And then one of the professors was like, oh, are you an intermediate? I'm like, no, I haven't took a production class in, in two years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, but I was still out there getting it. But, um, last thing I wanted to touch on, um, was just the investments in yourself. Um, because like, you know, when we, when we, uh, linked back up on that set, you know, you were talking about how you took your first check and then you spiked it all on gear and equipment and you know i'm pretty much the i'm pretty much the same way like when i got a project last year i took what i got and then i bought a new lens and i bought a new tripod Mm -hmm. like or um and then just investing in yourself because what a lot of people overlook is you really do get what you pay for uh in terms of screenwriting i was using a free software and then you know there was a lot of formatting errors and stuff like that because you know but then again i couldn't complain it's a free software and then I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to at least be taken writing seriously, let me go ahead. Boom, bought final draft, started using final draft. And I was like, yo, this is so nice. And like you, mm-hmm. you get what you, you get what you pay for. And then, you know, only the, you can still make dope stuff with the basic equipment, but it's only going to take you so far. And yeah. so let's talk about like just the investments that you made in yourself because i know you uh like you said in this uh in this episode you bought an re kit
0: yeah so you you so when it comes to investing in myself and of course you got to invest the money so um i bought Black Friday, I bought these two Godox SL 150s, just some LED lights, but like some high quality stuff. And then literally like four days ago, I went and bought an Ari kit. So I have a 600 watt, a 300 watt and a 150 mole. And uh, I'm saving up after I get a little bit more money, I'm about to just buy some C stands and stuff like that. And I remember my first paycheck was that 17 hour long uh, shoot, that music video shoot. It was horrible. It was awful but he paid me 250 bucks and I took all 250 and I bought my belt, I bought tape, I bought clips, I bought tools, shit like that. And you got to, you can't think about, oh, I just made $250, man, let's go get a nice dinner. Ooh, I'm trying to go get some J's, like, let's go. Because then you're gonna be stuck in that $250 a shoot bracket, you know? And the way I see it is you gotta invest into equipment you gotta invest into software and stuff like that. So I'm I'm a gaffer, so I'm investing in lights. That is not cheap. Like I said, I dropped two bands in the last like two weeks. This stuff is not cheap, but I know that, and I didn't buy it because I have a shoot coming up. I bought it so I can learn and then I can use it to go on shoots. And then also I have this equipment so I can rent it to people that are trying to make their own stuff now. Like I have it now you need it. Boom here. You want this Godox light, uh, uh, 30 bucks a day. Boom, boom, boom. And then over 10 days it pays for itself, you know? So like you got to invest the money into your product and your equipment and stuff like that. But I think what's even more important than investing money is investing time. You have to invest time into your craft. Yeah. I bought these lights. But these lights are, I've been using these lights on my own productions, trying to figure them out. I've been playing with the settings. I've been re- researching them on YouTube for better effectiveness. I've been reading about them on forums. Like you gotta invest the time into yourself as well and learn the arts and crafts and the no's and knots of this whole business. Like you can't just buy a nice camera and expect to be cold with it. Because there's somebody that has a DSLR that's making way better shit than you are. So you got to learn how, really, how to use your camera, how to use your lights, how to put a costume together, how to do makeup, how to cook, like all this type of stuff, how to do production design, how to manage people, how to stay on script, how to direct actors. You got to invest the time into whatever niche that you're doing so then you can be successful within that niche. But I mean, yeah, I invested this and I can, and I plan on to, Continue to invest for probably the rest of my life because I want to get out of the last bracket I was in. A lot of grips that I've met that aren't gaffers, they don't, they rent equipment from gaffers whenever they're gaffing their own stuff. They don't have their own stuff. I'm like, why don't you have your own stuff? And it's because they spend their money on their lifestyle. You know, you got to sacrifice, you got to invest in you in the sense of sacrifice as well. Yeah. Money, time, but you got to sacrifice your, your, livelihood right now so you can get a better future back if you're making $30,000 a year you shouldn't spend $30,000 a year I'm always at the point where I'm I save 25% of what I make so if I'm gonna go and make $200 from this shoot $50 is going away or I'm gonna $50 is going towards investments and the other 150 is for me living but even now like that's just up until recently. Every shoot that I've done before this before this podcast, I've invested all the money directly into filmmaking equipment. And if I land this Netflix job and get paid however much I get paid over this month, I'm gonna invest probably 75% of it into filmmaking equipment because I want to get out of the $250 a day and get to the $1,000 a day by the time I'm in my mid to late 20s. And like that's all that that's about. That's what people don't realize. It's like, hey, when you own an RE Alexa or an Ari mini or a red camera and you're a cinematographer, you get paid your $500 a day for cinematography, but you also get paid your like $700 a day for renting out the camera. And the next thing, you know, you're having $1,200 days. Like there's, there's so many avenues to this business. And like, for me, my, I average, I don't know, like $300 a day from gripping, but if I had my own truck per sense, or I had my own little corporate package, I could charge that out for $300 a day on top of that. And I'm making $600 a day at 23. Like it's craziness, uh, what you can do as an individual. Like you just gotta, you gotta have the plan. You gotta have the mindset. You gotta invest the money. You gotta invest the time and you gotta sacrifice the life you live right now to make that happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that, and that's that's, it's hard. It's really hard because you want to, whenever you get paid thousands of dollars, you want to just like go buy a motorcycle or you want to get a new PC or you want to do this or that. It's like, dude, you gotta, you gotta focus up. You gotta focus up
1: yep. and figure out what, then, or
0: what are you going to do with these thousands of dollars to make you better?
1: Yeah. And then also another thing, a lot of people look over, I'm like, when they hire you, they're also hiring your knowledge as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: Cause like, man, <laughs> oh man. Uh, so friend of mine Elliot I just did his uh his senior portraits uh last week or two weeks ago yeah I saw those and, oh uh, thank you thank you uh and then last year um you know I took some pictures of him for free. And then uh and then because I was like, man, I'm still in the edit lab. I'm still like editing these editing these pictures, like trying to figure out what all the sliders and Lightroom and stuff like that do. And then uh, my professor would all like he would look at pictures and then he'll just be like, oh this has too much magenta in it. This has too much teal in it. And then you know me, I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? What you mean there's too much magenta, there's too much of this or that. And then um and it's like after that shoot, you know, busted out my laptop pop the sd card in loaded up lightroom and i'm like okay i'm like just go through i am like put a star next to all the ones you like and then i'm gonna get to editing on them and then uh and then like about and then after some time he was, uh, was i was like all right what you think of these and then he was like you done already and then i was like yeah and then he was and then he was like man you're like last year when we took some pictures like you was in that you was in the editing room for hours and then i'm like man like just how far you can come and then that knowledge to be able to come in, look at a picture, be like, okay, I'm like, there's too much magenta on this, or there's too much this, there's too much that, you know. Mm-hmm. Just it's crazy.
0: And your your knowledge is it has monetary value too. And what you can kind of do to finesse your clients in a sense, not really finesse them, but like you can say, like, yeah, these videos, these pictures are gonna take me two weeks to edit. And you it really only takes you like, I don't know. 30 minutes, a picture or something like that. It doesn't take you hardly anything. And you're like, oh, you just sit on them for two weeks and then you send them out and they're like, wow, these are really good. Like you can kind of, no matter how fast your process is, you don't let your client know that. You just let them know like, hey, these pictures are gonna be super fire, but I need time to do it because it's gonna, it's gonna simmer in their head a little bit. Like, ooh, this took a while. If you edit a video for somebody, uh, especially like, it's, if it's not a corporation, like if you're doing a wedding video or something like that, tell them it's going to take you a month, even if it only takes you a week. And then you just sit on it and then you give it to him, and it's super fire. Because then you get like, people will be like, oh yeah, he spent a month editing this shit. He's so cold. And people think that, yeah. oh man, he invested all this time into it. I should pay him for this time. It really didn't take you that much time, but the quality is still there. You know, there's different ways of like, I can't, the best word I can think of is finesse, but there's different ways of like getting your clients to to pay for your services which is really difficult but as long as you follow the formula and stay the path you'll get there you'll make it happen Yep.
1: Yep. and then also when clients have notes and stuff like that because um a lot of it was the script notes podcast it was uh, john august and craig mazin uh they were talking to you know a new screenwriter and then it was like the studio gave me notes and i could get it done in three days like but uh like and they were looking at me funny. You're like, because they gave me two weeks, but I was like, I can do it in three days. And then they was like, and then they was like, you know, if you saying, oh, I can get it done in three days, you're like, they're thinking you're not taking my my notes seriously to think about just gonna go in and do what I ask and not say question, mm-hmm. like and not question. It. Um, and then so it's like, and then also giving yourself that time, it's kind of like, okay, you're done with it, and then that moment where you kind of like, well, um not tinker with it, but you go, oh, wait, let me try this out, you know, because you Mm -hmm. could be done with it, and then that extra, like, seven days, in that span, you can get that light of, oh, wait, I could have done this better, or, you know, just uh, start doing like that, but yeah, yeah, man, but yeah, man, great combo. Is there anything, is is there anything that you would like to talk about?
0: Man, just just start whatever you're doing and don't finish it if you say if you tell me you're going to do something and then you end up doing it years down the line that's only going to motivate me harder so whatever just put your ideas out into the world it's nine to never just commit fully send always and be proud and passionate about whatever work you decide to do outside of filmmaking outside of entertainment whatever if you're going to go be a missionary be proud and passionate about it. Like I don't care. Just if you're proud and passionate about what you do, it's gonna motivate me to be better. And I wish I saw more people proud and passionate about themselves. So that's all I can say. It's nine to never, and that and that's and I live by that. I'm I'm gonna live by that till the day I die.
1: No. Yeah. Yeah, man, Dylan. Thank you so much for coming on, man, and thank you for dropping the gems, man. Make sure y'all go through and pick them up, pick them up, please, pick them up, people. Always, um, bro. It's, it's stuff that everybody says, but not everybody hears. So just open your ears. It'll be cool. All right, Dylan, man. Go ahead. Shout out your social media, website, anything you got. Ah, uh, yeah. So, um, Instagram and Twitter at
0: Dylan Nine Groves, D Y L A N. Like my boy Dylan here. Um, or you can just search Nine to Never, N-I-N-E, the number two in VR, and you'll pretty much find my stuff. Uh, I post music weekly, videos weekly, film related content. If you're into gripping and you have questions and stuff like that, I'm not amazing, but I'm honest and I've picked up a lot of knowledge and I'm going to continue picking up knowledge. So regardless if you're listening to this on december 17 2020 or if you're listening to this december 2025 give me a call hit be up on those social medias they're not going to change um so you can tap in with me and i can maybe help you out or give you some pointers or some ideas if you want some critiques if you want some motivation if you i want you all to let me know what you're doing and i will motivate you and support you as long as i see the work that you're putting in so just make that shit happen and it's not to never always i appreciate yep, yep. y'all always thank you for having me on We'll have to do this again here in the future, whenever we've made some more progress and whatnot. Got some more to talk about, but I'll be hitting your line soon. We'll get on, we'll get
1: to work on something. We'll get to work on something great. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you for sliding through, man. Dylan underscore CBE, Instagram, Twitter, D-Y-L-A-N underscore C-B-E, dillandilworth.com forward slash media. That's where you can find the embedded players for both of my podcasts. And thank you all for tuning in and making it to the end, man. Uh, Thank you, Dylan, once again, man. And uh, we out. Peace.